pray together. Lord, you're speaking to us right now. Open up our hearts. Uh, bust down any walls of hardness or bitterness that we could hear directly. Your voice, not any other voice, but yours for our hearts, for our relationships, for this church, for your world as we go forth here today. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with us and you have saved us. May we believe your name. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Get cozy. You can turn to Acts chapter 2. A couple verses that we will look at in Acts 2. As you do so, one question. What is the result of being saved? Let me say that again. What is the result of being saved? Saved is not just a churchy word that we throw around. It's a biblical word. What's the result? Heaven? Yes. More? What is the result of being saved? We are doing a series in August called Raise Your Gaze. Raise your gaze, your sights, to who you are, to who we are. Uh, It is tied to our mission, the idea of raise and raising leaders. Each letter is a mission. Rise with God, we've been talking about that all year. Affirm the family. I invest in his church and today share in a group as we highlight groups and highlight sharing. It's also tied, this series, to our founding verse, John 10, 16. Jesus said, there are others. I like to say it, you know, Jesus always pushes us to raise more, to do more, to go more. He always pushes us outwards. All churches are called to be sending churches, period. That's how it is in Scripture. Whether you go forever in this life, or you go for a season, or you go for a week, John 10, 16 says, there are others. Jesus says, I must go to them. And they will hear my voice. There'll be one flock with one shepherd. Today, I want to focus on the one word, hear. Hear. What does it mean to be saved? You hear differently. I want to stress this. You, you hear differently. Listen to me. Please listen to me. What does it mean to be saved? Jesus saves us from our shame in the past. The things we've done, the the person we could not be, the mistakes made. Jesus saves us from that shame. A lot of y'all, I know, carry shame. Jesus saves us from the sin of the present. Uh, Being tempted 24-7. A lot of you have been tempted, you know, right now. Tempted right now. Uh, Food. Um, Any sports on this afternoon? Uh, It's kind of a a dead season, unless you like baseball. You know, just please, Lord, two weeks. Let it come. Please, quickly, 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 Lord. You're tempted right now. Pride. I'm tempted right now. Pride, 
Jesus saves us from the sin of the present. And Jesus saves us from the fear of the future. There's a lot of fear. There's, there's a lot of fear in our lives. Fear of loneliness. Fear of, hey, God, I'm not going to find my, you know, call. I'm not going to do, you know, God's sovereign. He's going to take care of it. I'm not going to do what I was meant to do. Fear of death. Fear of separation. A lot of fear. What is the result of being saved? You hear differently. You're hearing a different voice. It's, it's not just... It's not just churchy words. Um, it's not just me up here uh, saying this. You know, and, and sometimes you hear it for uh, a moment, and, and sometimes you just like, man, are you like Charlie Brown's teacher up there? You know what I'm saying? Wah, 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 you know? You got that? You hear differently, and it's not by any other... Sp- it's God's voice. Jesus saves. Shame from the past. Sin from the present. Fear from, of the future. You need to hear this. This is the gospel. And then we hear differently together as a church. We hear differently of what the church is and what the church is called to do. We have a picture of this in Acts 2. Acts 2, 42 through 47. I want to read. You hear differently who we are to be. Acts 2, starting with verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I read this passage. I start with a question, what is the result of being saved? Because this is the result of people being saved together as the church. So we talked last week, Peter's preached the sermon. People repented, were baptized, 3,000 sold. Here we're seeing the result, which is why I asked the question first of, you need to know the result of being saved. Freedom from shame. Freedom from sin. Freedom from fear. And then you can live it out. And we're seeing it lived out here. What is the church to you? Again, got to hear differently. For many of us, uh, for me at one point, not in a long while, but at one point, for me, the church was like a slot machine, okay? Um, now, actually, I really have, I have like zero gambling experience, okay? Um, experience in other things, but, you know, got invited to Tunica, you know, didn't go, all that. But, you know, not a lot of gambling experience. But kind of know what a slot machine is. I mean, you put something in and you, you hope to get something back. Uh, sometimes you do. Sometimes you might, you might not. Often, church is a slot machine, okay? I'll give you an example. Because you, you don't know if you're going to get something back or not. You, I mean, you hope you do, but you're like, hey, man, I came. Ching. What you got? What am I going to get today, you know? 
Give me a jolt. You know, give me a ha. I came. Ching. Uh, another one would be, hey, I give. Ching. What you got? You, know, you going to give me what I need? Another one can be, hey, I serve. Ching. You going to serve me? What you got? Uh, often, and look at this, we, we all know, because actually I think we preached and teach it so much here, that it's never about like a position or anything, and, and no one, we've said, we've preached, you know, like if you ask for a position, you're never going to get a position. However, sometimes it's to the Lord saying, Lord, I gave, ching, Lord, I served, ching, Lord, I'm here, ching, can you give me a good reputation? Where, where's my reputation, you know, come on, Lord, I'm doing all this. I mean, seriously, often churches, it's like a slot machine. Uh, instead, one way I've come to see church and hear church differently is as a tank. A tank. Because, see, there is a war going on out there. It's a war. War of temptation, uh, war of, you know, Thoughts and other voices and things you see and people, you know, do a little jab or gossip or, you know, all of that. I mean, you know all that. Church is to be like a tank where you feel, I'm safe. I'm safe here. I can trust these folks. They're, they're broken, they're flawed, but man, this is, this is my tank. And, and we're called, if you look in the Bible, to go out and be in the battle, but we come back, and we're safe. And it's not just a building on Sunday morning. It's life together, uh, day by day, we see in Scripture, in houses, 24-7. Hey, with these folks, with this crew, I'm safe, I'm safe. And that can also lead us to feeling that we can share, and honestly share, and openly share about even, even about our, our sin and our challenges, that's repentance, and that's it's a good thing. I mean, I, I try to live this out. Ask my, my radical B group last Wednesday morning, not to get into specifics, but, you know, I've shared about struggles with pride, with lust, dealing with an addictive personality. And it's not my wife, it's me, you know. Dealing with these things, sharing, sharing. Be safe here. Be safe. So, how do you see church? You see it a slot machine or it's a tank where you're safe. You're safe. I want you to say, I want to preach. You're safe here. I want you to be safe in a group. But the Holy Spirit has to do it. We just got to keep, keep saying it, and perhaps by God's power, you'll hear it. We see it in this passage. I want to break it down. These five, I think it's five verses, six verses. Never great in math. But verse 42. What is a church? How, how do we live out? Verse 42, devoted. What are we devoted to? What are we devoted to? It lists uh, four things here. A fellowship. We're, we're good at fellowship. I mean, just look at when we stand up. We're, we kind of, we kill that. You know, breakfast, I mean... Can always do that. We're, we're pretty, we're good fellowshippers, you know. We throw good parties. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody bell with a party? Amen. It's a good party. 
Ben Jones, good party. Amen, brother. I'm waiting for the next one. We're good at fellowship. However, I want to push all of us. Me too, you know. Often we go to church, we're like, I really believe this. Number one reason people go to church is to get friends. And when you get friends, you're like, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Thanks. I mean, a lot of things, a lot of things we do in life is just to get friends. This thing, this approval need, this, this relational need, God wired us. It's, it's in our DNA. So fellowship, breaking of bread. Uh, I push myself in this, push us in this. That's great. Food is good. Who are you eating with? Who are you having lunch with? Who are you going to dinner with? Um, is it someone who you just naturally wouldn't hang with? And you can say, hey, man, easy for you to say, dude, you're, you're a preacher. Um, you're a pastor. That's what you're supposed to do. No, I'm a Christian. That's what I'm supposed to do is reach out and go. Breaking of bread. Teaching. Now, I would say that is most important in any church and everything, the teaching. Now, you're like, easy to say, pastor, preacher. I mean, you teach. I, I kind of like fellowship most important. No, because what is taught in a body is what is lived out. And, and some folks, you know, just like, man, you can just say all you want. I'm going to do what I... Okay, well, we'll love you anyway, but we'll still teach the Bible here and pray that the Lord melts your heart, period. But teaching God's Word, doctrine, I know it's kind of like heavy word, but the doctrine, the belief, it's most important. And prayer. She said, well, no, prayer is most important. Well, you've got to teach to pray. Uh, one pastor I admire uh, over in Dallas, a guy named Matt Chandler, um, like him a lot, five, you know, five, multiple thousand church in the capital of you know, Christianity, the Bible Belt, Dallas has been called. He said one time to his church, like, you know, we are not a praying church. Uh, and it was like, I mean, I think several hundred, you know, left because he said this, which, you know, he, if you know him, he doesn't mind doing that. But anyway, he's like, we're not a praying church because thousands will come on Sunday morning and then they'll have a prayer gathering every week and like 100 people will show up. And she's like, come on, guys. Praying. And like, well, how do, how do I do that? We want to teach and help us pray together. Brothers and sisters, church, the world, praying. So are we devoted to these things? Just a question. Next verse, all came on every soul, many wonders and signs were being done. All, all, what is all? Let me tell you a couple real brief illustrations about all. I had all one time uh, in a small group. It was Kathy Philippi's group. I saw her, I think she's here. It was, a, it was about a year, 18 months ago. It was at Clark and Misty Monroe's house. And man, we were all, if y'all were there, you remember? I mean, it was like all was coming down. And there was some sharing going on. And it was like spirit-filled presence. Kathy, everybody's coming to your group tonight. I know. Anyway, it's like, it was awesome. And there were signs and wonders. However, I felt all right back here in this men's group, 630, Tuesday mornings. I leave here. You know, feeling awe. The group I lead, Sneaky Beans, I, I leave thinking about things. and like, man, it's just, just glad I was there. You know, glad I'm blessed to do this. Even if it's at 6.30. Even, if, you know, and I struggle to get up too. There's awe. There are signs and wonders. All who believe were together and had all things in common. I really thought about this verse this week. All things in common. Because we're different. I mean, we're 
fairly diverse church. We're together now, but how do you have all things in common? I believe when you're saved, everybody's hearing the Lord's voice. And we're having all things in common and hearing the Lord's voice. You say, well, hey, man, God may say something to me that's different than he says something to you. Yes, amen, I get that. However, one thing I have learned, God will say the same thing over and over to us, regardless of specifics. You're like, what is that? How do you know what God says? He always says three things. He says, no. He says, go. And he says, no ego. Let me say that again. God will... God will always say these three things. Sometimes he'll tell us no. Sometimes he'll tell us to go. Always he will tell us no ego. Not about you, chief. No, go, no ego. Do we have that in common? Hearing God's voice. Yes, he says specific things. but He says those three continually. They were selling their possessions, belongings, distributing the proceeds as any had need. 45, radical stuff. Selling, you know, giving. We also want to be a church, more so, to give to those in need. The Moody's right here. They've taught up here. They will talk again. They're adopting a little girl from Poland, beautiful little girl. We want to take care of that. We want to cover their needs. Carter and Megan, we've talked about, we've prayed about Continuing to give to them in resources, in prayer, in fellowship, in connection. Want to meet their needs. Churches around the world. Churches that don't exist yet. We want to raise more. Talk about this. We want to raise a million dollars where you give a dollar, 50 cents here, 50 cents goes out. And I believe this. God provides. You're like, well, you know, if I give here and I give here, God provides. Amen? God provides. You're about his kingdom. He provides. Outside these doors, in this family, and I've seen it. And if you've been with us long enough, you've seen it too. Because there have been times like, man, I don't know. He provides. He provides. We want to meet needs. Now, some of you ask, well, uh, you tell me to sell my house. No, I'm not saying that. You might feel led to do that. So you sell all my belongings. Here's what I would ask to do. There are people who need, I mean, relational needs. Could you say, man, I am going to give of myself totally and completely to be there for you. I'm going to give myself to to be here for y'all. Can you do that? Whether that looks financial or emotional or physical, give it all. And then it says day by day, going to the temple, breaking bread together. Do you hear that? Day by day? It's not just Sunday morning. Day by day, it's, it's life together. In the temple, here, worshiping, in homes, breaking bread. Food is always good if you want folks to come to your small, your group, just saying. <laughs> Throwing the best parties is good. Keep doing that. Day by day. And then praising God, having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their number daily. Praising God. I want to preach, teach. We have, a, we have more than we can imagine to praise. You know, man, I don't, I'm just not feeling too crazy today. Um, we have life forever in Jesus. We have freedom from shame. All of us got some shame. Some, not enough. But all of us, like we're like, man, that's sin, who cares? But all of us have some shame. Gone. 
Present sin, gone. Future fear, gone. Praise, worthy. We have purpose. The Bible is clear. You will be used in great, tremendous, mind-boggling ways in this life. And if your purpose is done, you'll be called home. That is, that's not me. That's Scripture. Everybody kind of going around like, you know, and especially, man, talking to youth. I'm like, man, discover this. That doesn't mean you have to be a, a preacher or a missionary, but you might. But, man, go to Jesus, and he will continue to sculpt and shape you as the potter does the clay in Jeremiah. And, man, it's, it's an adventure, and it's good, and we're, we can praise. Amen? And favor. So we don't just praise God, but favor with people. What's favor? It's like, well, this guy wants to do good. Favor to me is somebody saying, what do they have? Because I'd like some of that. And you, you live and you walk and you carry yourself in a different way. It's not cocky. I always call it serene confidence. There are two words that don't really go together. There's peace and there's this confidence. What do they have? And people are drawn not to you but to Christ. And it says the Lord added to their number daily. You know, it's interesting. He said added. I definitely believe, you know, it's not uh, about the numbers except the numbers of person. And easily we can say, man, you know, packed house today or, you know, you know, full house today or, you know, low crowd today. What's going on? I mean, we, we rank. We do. It's just, it's just the deal. And yet, I would say this. The Bible says to, the Lord causes the growth. Period. First Corinthians. The Lord causes the growth. We preach. We teach. We pray. We fellowship. The Lord causes the growth. However, it's not just about a number in the seats. It's about a number who is saved. Because the last word of this passage is being saved. The Lord added to those who are being saved. And then you go full circle back to 42, and it just happens over and over again. Closing. What is the result? What is the result of being saved? Like, really? You hear differently. You hear different. Jesus saves from shame, from sin, from fear. Hear this. Desire this. Hear it above your thoughts. Hear it above distractions. Hear it. Desire it. What is the result of being saved? The church, we hear differently. A tank where you feel safe. A team, didn't even mention that, but you could look. This is, said they're all together. A team, I love teams. And then, I love this word, a tapestry. Because those of you artists out there, the church to be a tapestry, and I've already talked about this, but I didn't say it like this where your unique gifts are woven together in Christ for His will, for His purpose, for your peace, for His kingdom. What is the result of being saved? Don't hear that. Don't hear that. It's okay. It's cool. Whoever did it, they're like, thank you. It's cool. It's cool. They feel great. I love you. I don't know. Could have been a sign for somebody here, you know. 
Could have been a sign for somebody. Probably was a sign. Hey, no accents in Christianity. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, hear different. There is a result of being saved. It's probably so much more than, it's so much more than I fathom. Hear it. Let's close our eyes as we close. And just, just, just hear the Holy Spirit as I just, just simply say some words. Jesus. Healing. Life. Freedom. Family. Love. Others. You. Call. God. Go. Jesus.